0: No, that would be the worst. <laughs> We're going to do an ASMR video until I laugh and ruin everything. That would be the worst to have to edit with you. <laughs> it would be like...
1: Dead oh, quiet.
0: So, so, so. <clears throat> <laughs> that really hurt. I tried to emulate a fake burp and it just really hurt.
1: I haven't burped yet. I've been doing really good.
0: Uh, Not on recording, but you did burp after we stopped recording. Did I? Did I? <laughs> yes. Right into my ear.
1: I mean, I did have... I had Coke for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Coca-Cola.
0: That's it. Just a Coke.
1: (laughs) And then I was drinking Orange Crush.
0: Dude, even if you drank a water for... That's fair. Lunch. You're not wrong. Sup, BuzzNet? In reference to the podcast.
1: Back at you again.
0: Yeah. For true crime tuesday i think the worst part about true crime tuesday is that we're from pennsylvania and we slur our words together like, so like murder monday
1: crime... murder monday just like rolled off the tongue.
0: <laughs> yeah but like true crime like we just slurred together and it's just like crime crime tuesdays See
1: <laughs> <laughs> crime tuesdays
0: yeah um i'm amanda i'm heather and I'm still the better one, and so today we're Rude? <laughs> I pulled
1: my ear, my phone, like, Jesus.
0: <laughs> you pulled your Jesus out?
1: I pulled my headphone out real quick, and I put it back in and be like, I'm the better one.
0: <laughs> I wasn't even looking at you, so... Alright, today we're gonna talk about the murder of Tara Lynn Grant. So, my sources were Wikipedia. Shocker. <laughs> I know. Hey, the last one, didn't, I didn't use Wikipedia at all, so... Oh, I
1: did. That's a... Yeah. So where I got my fruby history.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, Wikipedia, Fox2Detroit, TrueCrimeDaily.com, and um, I watched... I sort of watched two YouTube videos, but the one that I really used was Brooke McKenna on YouTube, her title Her video was titled A Wife's Murder, Tara Lynn Grant Solved, and Solved was on all caps. So, the other one that I found, which I just couldn't, the concept is cool, I just couldn't um, do it for this case because I was actually trying to do research and not just watch a YouTube video. A person built this family's home on The Sims while telling you about the murder.
1: Oh wow. That's talent.
0: But it's also weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah. I was like watching it and I was like, "Okay, this is cool." Uh, like, but also <laughs> <laughs> I felt really good. <laughs> Should creepy. I not like this? <laughs> yeah. So, I think her channel was Hip Hip Renee, <laughs> which yeah, I liked. Um, I don't know if she had other videos like that, but uh, I didn't know what their house looked like and then I saw pictures afterwards and it was like at least the outside of it looked pretty damn close. So so anyway, if you're into that, check out her channel. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'm into it. I might have to watch another one just to see. Like, she didn't play The Sims. She just built their house. Oh,
1: yeah, if she was playing it, that'd be a little different.
0: I was just talking about how I took a two classes in college, one about Nazi Germany and the other about weapons of mass destruction (laughs) in the same semester with an Arabic last name. And I was like, I think that was definitely the day that the FBI was like, we're going to keep an eye on this one. (laughs) Yeah, we should watch this one. I mean, it doesn't help that my Uncle Johnny looked like Saddam Hussein. And my, so did my pap. But
1: your dad looked like the Unabomber. Stop
0: saying that. <laughs> my dad is not the Unabomber.
1: Wasn't he in jail?
0: My dad? No, no. <laughs> I yes, the Unabomber is in jail or has been released, but had they know who he is?
1: But it's not my father.
0: But it's not my dad. Um, I don't think the Unabomber lived in Florida. Let's look. Not a
1: Floridian.
0: Not a Floridian. The Unabomber is Theodore... Wow. <laughs> Kaczynski.
1: Oh, definitely Polish.
0: <laughs> and he's from Chicago, Illinois. Oh! He's a Taurus. His birthday is May 22nd.
1: Ooh, that's close. (laughs)
0: Um, He also went to Harvard, so...
1: (laughs) Definitely not my father.
0: (laughs) Is he... I don't know if he's still in jail. Oh, yeah. He is incarcerated at ADX Florence in Colorado. So, definitely not my dad, because my dad's in Florida. He's a Floridian. (laughs) So, back to Tara Lynn Grant, now that we've had our fun. Um, this is another one on my list for Valentine's Day, even though this is now a week and a half after Valentine's Day. Um, it's in my, it was in my list of topics that I wanted to cover. Um, and once I started researching it, I realized that And That's Why We Drink has already covered it. Um, which means that I'm sure other podcasts have already covered it. So I'm sorry if you've already heard this one. And then I specifically targeted you, Heather, because I thought you might have. I I didn't remember it at first either. And then like there's one key element that went that like made me go, ah, I have heard this one before. (laughs) Uh Uh, But I didn't re-listen to their episode um, since I binged all of them uh, like two weeks ago. Um, I can't read, like, remember- once,
1: like, if I know they already covered it, like, I can't listen to it.
0: Yeah. um, But I do remember hearing Christine and M. poke fun at how dumb this person was. The guy. Not Tara. So. And you'll remember why, I'm sure, if you did right, listen
1: right. to it. <laughs> Good. <Dip the> tip.
0: <laughs> All right. So Tara met Stephen Grant at Michigan State University. Actually, the Unabomber also studied there. So, um, just to relay back. back to Just to connect everything. Oh, nope, sorry. He went to the University of Michigan, not Michigan State University. Two different things. My bad. I'm sorry. Um, Connection broken. Yeah. Failed connection. So anyway, Tara was studying business and Stephen was studying politics. Tara wasn't interested in Stephen at first. um, But then when her grandmother passed away, he drove six hours to attend the funeral To support her. Tara, not the grandmother. He wasn't, like, holding her grandmother's casket or anything. That would be creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine walking into the funeral and he's, like, just holding the casket? Stephen had dropped out of Michigan State to work with a politician and Tara finished school. Once Tara finished school, the couple moved into an upscale neighborhood in Detroit. And she started working for an engineering firm. And he was working at a machine shop for his father. Tara. Okay. I just said Tara had two children after they moved into a bigger home a few years later, but they were Stephen's kids. Uh, and she was easily promoted within the engineering firm, which led to her having to travel around the world. Um, and I, I read that we I'm sorry. <coughs> Let me rewind that. In uh Brooke McKenna's video, she said that it wasn't a surprise that Tara was easily promoted um, that she was very charismatic and actually liked to talk a lot and that her family had to bribe her to be quiet during school so
1: want to get bribed to be quiet
0: yeah well, they bribed her with a stick of gum
1: mm. <laughs>
0: I'm like, man, my price would have been a lot higher than, like, five bucks a day. No,
1: if it's for school, you need a whole pack of gum, because as soon as one person sees you eat it, they're like, do you want any more gum?
0: <laughs> You're like, no, that was my last piece, even though you just opened the whole pack.
1: <laughs> I've done that.
0: Oh, for sure. Like, I've had people see me, I'm like, no, that was my last piece. <laughs> they like, just you, just watch just you take it. the I'm
1: wrapper. Like,
0: yeah, I'm like, oh, no, sorry. Or, do you got a pencil? No. There's, like, ten of them in your book bag. <laughs> no, they're not. I don't not. have any That's- extra. It's a hallucination. <laughs> it's a mirage. So, because of her job, Stephen became a stay-at-home dad. In 2006, Tara was working from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Tara would stay in Puerto Rico during the week and then flew back home to be with her husband and kids on the weekend. Which, like, obviously, you know, she was making good money because...
1: Ew, no thank you, though. That's like your for freaking weekend is just traveling.
0: I know. I mean, I don't know how long it takes to fly from Puerto Rico to Michigan, but she would like fly back on Friday nights and then, like fly back to Michigan Friday nights and then back to Puerto Rico Monday morning. Okay, so the family hired an au pair, and I'm probably saying that wrong, but it was basically a nanny, Um, and her name was Verena Dirks. I did not, see, I thought I would remember it, and I... That's what we're going with. Of Germany to help Stephen with the kids. And they started hiring nannies in 2003, but in 2006 or 7 is when they found Verena and they really liked her. Let's get on to the terrible part of this story. Okay. On February 14th, 2007, Stephen went to police to report that his wife Tara had been missing. He told the police the following. Tara came home to Detroit on February ninth, two thousand and seven, and when getting home, she let Stephen know that she needs to return to Puerto Rico a day early, and then a fight broke out. He said Tara answered a call and said she would meet someone at the end of the driveway, and then he saw her get into a dark SUV. So Stephen called Tara's phones. phones? <laughs> Stephen called Tara's phone and left her a few voicemails over the next few days. He told police that he waited five days to report her missing because sometimes she would leave and disappear for a few days to blow off steam.
1: Well not only that, but like if she only came home for the weekend could like I would have just been like, oh she's pissed and just like went back to Puerto Rico.
0: One would think, huh? <laughs> I mean you could have at least waited another couple days to report her missing.
1: Like till at least like the next week and be like, oh she's not she can come back. Right. Yeah. Pretty
0: soon. police say that Stephen was very nervous but that didn't make him guilty it is speculated that Stephen was having an affair his ex-girlfriend said that they were supposed to meet up but then he cancelled because he didn't want to quote mess his kids up I don't know if that's a direct quote but I remember hearing those exact words so anyway also he allegedly been having an affair with Verena dun-dun-dun, it's always the nanny. I
1: was going to say, I, was like, I feel like that's like a stereotype at this <laughs> point. <laughs>
0: um, and she wasn't, Verena wasn't home the night that Tara went missing. Um, she was out with some friends or something. And so then police also like were looking at her to see if maybe one of Stevens' extra, not extra, what's that called? What? Extramarital, is that what it's called? Like an affair? I think. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Or you could just
1: call it an affair like most people
0: do. Yeah. So police were speculating that one of his other lovers might have been involved in Tara's. Back to Tara. Uh, police had asked Stephen to take a polygraph and he agreed as long as it was administered by someone other than the police. Which is weird. Who else
1: administers them? Um,
0: he supposedly had taken one with his attorney and it was inconclusive. So, I think his thought was that if, like, his attorney or someone did it, then if it came back inconclusive, then it would say that. But, like, if the police did it and it came back inconclusive, they would say he failed. Mm. I don't know that. That's all speculation. Um, so, he wanted someone other than the police to administer it, but the day after his attorney called the police, and said he would not be taking the polygraph, and if they had any questions for Stephen, they would need to speak to him through the attorney.
1: So he's basically like, ooh, I didn't pass, so I'm not going to talk to you guys. Yeah,
0: and had hired an attorney, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I do know, but... Sounds <laughs> a little sketchy. Sounds real sketch. During media appearances, Stephen had been mentioning a local park that he often went to with his family, and police decided to search the park to look for any clues on Tara's disappearance. Stephen joined them in the search, and nothing was found, which was also very sketchy because Stephen had not been very cooperative, like, since his attorney had gotten involved, and then they're like, oh, we're gonna search this park, and he's like, oh, let me help.
1: No, so they haven't found the body yet.
0: No, they don't even know that she's dead yet. Spoiler. I mean, the title of the episode <laughs> is The Murder of Tara Grant, oh, so. That's fair. <laughs> How, so anyway, they, they did the search and they didn't find anything. However, on February 28th, 2007, a woman rock, rocking, she was not rocking, she was just walking. She could have been rocking out to some music, I'm not sure. But she was walking around the park and found a bag stuffed into a tree. Inside the bag, there were gloves and blood, and after-
1: Why would you pull the bag out?
0: Well, she had been watching, like, the press conferences with police about Tara's disappearance, and they Mm. had, like, made a plea to the public, like, if you know anything, or if you're walking around the park, please be vigilant about things. But did she take the bag out of the
1: tree, or did she call the cops and they did it?
0: I'm not sure. I think she took it out and saw- Because I- wouldn't be touching <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'd been like, oh, there's this bag. I'm not really sure what it is, but... I ain't touching yeah. it. <laughs> so, inside the bag, there were gloves and blood. And after testing it, it was determined to be human blood, and there were metal shavings inside. And remember, Stephen worked for his dad at a machine shop. Just...
1: Ooh. Sounds like a nail in the coffin to me. Mm,
0: does it? For who? Stephen and his dad. Oh! (laughs) Plot twist, it wasn't his dad. (laughs) Not plot twist, spoiler alert. (laughs) Plot twist. (laughs) Plot twist, I was giving you a second suspect. (laughs) Um, That that
1: doesn't count.
0: (laughs) So, finding this information out um, allowed police to issue a search warrant for the Grant home. Grant's home. And... When the police got to the Grant home on March second, Stephen was there, and during the search, Stephen asked to take the dog for a walk, and because he wasn't under arrest and wasn't being detained, police allowed him to. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it gets even better. Like this, is, I understand why they didn't,
1: but still, like you're, and I don't know that I would trust the cops to be alone in my house without me there.
0: Well, I mean.
1: <laughs> can- this sounds, like, it sounds familiar, but, like, I don't remember what happened.
0: So, he tried to get in his car, but ble- but police told him he wasn't allowed to take the car because it was a part of the search warrant. He protested and said he just wanted his wallet, but police again told him no. So, instead, Steven stormed off without the doggo.
1: So, he left the dog behind.
0: Yes. After Stephen left, police were searching his garage when they found a container that they decided to open. Inside, they found a plastic bag similar to that of what had been found in the park, and inside the bag was the torso of Tara.
1: Oh, goodness.
0: <laughs> also, why would you keep it in your garage? We'll get to that. <coughs> now they had to find Steven, though. <laughs> because they just let him leave.
1: Was that more when he's like, ah, crap, I know they're gonna find it, Someone's gonna skedaddle. Yes,
0: that is the thought process. During the time they were looking for Steven, they also had police go to the machine shop that Steven's dad owned, and they, there they found the same metal shavings that matched those in the bag from the park. I also believe they found blood on some of the machines, but I don't remember reading that. Like, I remember thinking that they would have, but I don't remember actually reading that.
1: And he didn't take her there and, like, chop her up, did he? No? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> can you stop giving spoiler alerts, Jesus? You Sorry. don't even know what's happening.
1: Somebody's dead and their torso is laying in a bucket
0: inside of a bag.
1: But it isn't inside of a bucket, but that's it, the bucket was yes. <laughs> so it's still technically in a bucket.
0: <laughs> I think it was a rubber made container, but can, just a big bucket with a lid. <laughs> Alright. Um, they also went back to the park with bloodhounds and found more of Tara's body parts. I just said Tara's <laughs> body, but then I added parts while speaking, and then it sounded awkward.
1: <laughs> body. parts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then they went to the media to tell the public that Stephen was a wanted man. Stephen's attorney called police and let them know that he thought Stephen was going to hurt himself. And um, Stephen had borrowed a car from a friend who called police to let them know he lent Stephen his yellow truck. His sister then let police know that she believed that he would be going to Wilderness State Park, which is somewhere him and Tara went quite often. So police went to the state park and located the truck, and then followed footsteps to Stephen, because there was there was snow because it's Michigan in February and
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> like they just he, oh like was he stomping his feet no <laughs> and he wasn't
0: like. Pongo and took like a branch and. <laughs> Thank you for the sound effect.
1: <laughs> I did the hand oh. motion too, but you can't no, see. No, I'm not this. looking at you. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see it anyway. is my hand is on. Who's this oh. one?
0: Hand check. Along his trip to the state park, Stephen had bought alcohol pills, razor blades, and a toy gun. It is thought that he was going to point this at police in hopes of getting shot by the police.
1: Well, hopefully he'd be smart enough to take the little uh, orange piece off the end of it.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> if not, you can tell the toy gun. If, unless he kept it in his shirt. That's true. When what? Steven was found, he had pants, socks, and a shirt on, but was suffering from severe hypothermia and was hallucinating and talking to trees. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I was going to try and make it... Did he already
1: take the pills?
0: I don't know. It didn't say. Stop. Why do you always ask the worst questions?
1: Because I'm inquisitive. I can't help it.
0: (laughs) He had written a goodbye note to his children. Okay, so he had written goodbye notes to his children, and then he was airlifted. Well, they had found those at the scene. Stephen was airlifted to a hospital in North Michigan. And on March 4th, police questioned him and and he agreed to talk to them. So they recorded this whole conversation and, like, you can listen to it if you want to. But basically, he confessed to them and said that the argument they had turned violent after Tara had slapped him. He then shoved her and Tara said he would never see his children again. And then he began to choke her. Because he knew he was going to go to prison anyway for, like, pushing her, I guess. So then he just decided to kill her.
1: I feel like there's a huge difference in jail time. Uh, Yeah,
0: quite the difference. Also, just pushing her, I don't know that, like, necessarily you would have gotten jail time if it was your first offense. He also, it said that he put, like, a piece of clothing over her face because he was choking her face to face. And, hey, do you like face to face? (laughs) Because he was choking her face to face, he, like, put a piece of clothing over her face so he didn't have to look at her. Once she was dead he had to use a belt um, and he placed his belt around her neck to carry her down the steps so not that he carried her he drug her down the steps
1: by, by her, her neck. neck
0: with his brown leather belt
1: why would you not why would you not wrap the belt around her
0: feet i don't know <laughs> why are, how much did she weigh that he couldn't pick her up she doesn't look like she weighed very much
1: Maybe he was a scrawny man with well, no muscle.
0: That's what I'm saying. Because he also struggled to get her into the car.
1: And also, I couldn't just grab her hands and pull her.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He also was naked during this whole ordeal, including carrying her down the st- or dragging her down the steps and putting <laughs> her in the car.
1: Well, thank God none of his neighbors were outside. That would have drawn some suspicion.
0: <laughs> I mean, their garage was attached to the house. Oh. <laughs> that your concern. <laughs> um so anyway, the next day he then took her body to the machine shop to cut her apart. Ew. <laughs> he then went to the park that his family and him used to go to and used his children's sled to transport her body parts across the park to bury to bury them. Burry. Um so at one point At the top of a hill he lost control of the sled and it went down the hill on its own and like spewed her body parts everywhere. I don't know how many body parts there were though. Like I don't know like if it was just two arms and two legs or if like the arms I was gonna say if they had the
1: if they said the whole torso was in the that bucket.
0: Right. So I don't am assuming
1: if- he probably just like decapitated her and then cut up a- each of her limbs off.
0: Well yeah I understand that but I don't know if it was like. So yeah I don't know if it was just like, f- like the head and four limbs or if it was like the head and then like the limbs were cut into multiple parts. That's what I mean by I don't know how many body parts were strewn about. So anyway this would have been another opportunity to catch Stephen but he was not caught and he was able to bury the body parts. Um, when police announced they were going to search the park, Stephen went back thinking he hadn't buried Tara's torso enough. So he unburied it and took it back to his dad's machine shop and placed the torso on the roof of the building. So he couldn't
1: <laughs> carry her down the steps but yet he put her torso on the roof?
0: Yeah. Also couldn't kill her looking at her but was able to dismember her. Yeah. <laughs> However, on March 1st, which this was the day before the search warrant was served, he was worried that the torso would start to smell, and that's when he moved it into his garage.
1: Yeah, because it's going to stink less in your garage than on the roof.
0: And that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, I know that dead bodies will start to smell regardless, because, like, they decompose. But, like, it's
1: up above you, so chances are you're not going to smell it anyway. Well, that,
0: and you're in Michigan in the middle of February. Yeah, it's going to keep it a little cold. (laughs) Like, the decomposition won't be as rapid. Yeah,
1: it's not like you're it on a roof in Texas.
0: Right. I don't know. It was just weird. So, yeah, just the day before police conducted the search of his home he moved the torso into his garage. So, on March sixty sixth, 6th? On March, March Yeah, on March 6th, Stephen was charged with one count of homicide, murder in the first degree um, that was premeditated, and then one count of dis... disinter... I thought it was dismembering, but it's dis... Okay. What does it say? It's disinterment. Disinterment? Disinterment? I don't know. Is that supposed (laughs) to be dismemberment? No! Because I copied and pasted this directly from Wikipedia. Well, then you need to, like, read through
1: and make sure you know what the words are. (laughs) I would assume that that means that he dismembered I know what it means, but... Is that what it means?
0: Oh my gosh. Disinterment 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 that sounds so weird okay
1: what does it mean
0: oh I I assume it means that he dismembered her body it's a weird take... way
1: to like why not just say like dismemberment
0: oh no it doesn't mean that it means to take out of the grave or tomb to oh, bring he back buried, into he buried
1: it and brought it back
0: yeah So he was charged with one count of disinterment and or mutilation of a dead body. So. Uh, Regardless. On fir- uh, Oh, Jesus, word.
1: Hey, like you said, it's almost over.
0: (laughs) I know. Thank God. On Friday, December 21st, 2007, Stephen Grant was found guilty on the charge of murder in the second degree- And on Thursday, February 21st, 2008, he was sentenced to a maximum of 50... uh, Excuse me. He was sentenced to a minimum of 50 years in prison with a maximum of 80. And he appealed... How did he
1: get it for first degree murder?
0: So it wasn't premeditated murder?
1: No. I feel like murder, like, even if you just happened, like, you still murdered somebody.
0: Well, yeah, but... With first degree murder, he would have been in, in life for prison because it's premeditated. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: since it wasn't premeditated, it was second degree murder. And um, obviously he he appealed his sentencing several times. Um, and actually on March 30th, 2010, he lost his final appeal in state court. Um, his appeals were based on the fact that he wasn't provided an attorney um. And that police questioned him wrongfully or something. I don't know. Like, I mean, they let him. His attorney wasn't present present when the when they were questioning him, but they had asked like, "Are you ready to be questioned and talk to us?" And he said yes. So I don't know. And basically, in March twenty fifteen. U.S. District Court Judge David Lawson denied Grant's petition for uh, right of writ writ of habeas corpus. Grant claimed that police improperly obtained his confession in his hospital bed as he was being treated for hypothermia and exposure, and also denied Grant's claim that pretrial publicity made it impossible for him to receive a fair trial. Lawson said that officials in Macomb County took extraordinary measures to ensure that a fair and impartial jury was seated so he was like you're wrong shut up
1: wasn't sit. that one of those like if anybody in the area like they go outside of the area where people haven't heard of it
0: yeah so like basically i mean they say that that the prosecutors took very good measures to make sure that the jury was impartial so i mean it's just oh. like i would never be able to sit on a high publicity case because you're nosy. well no because they would go do you watch the news and i'd go yes
1: because oh, yeah. I watched
0: CNN nonstop. Actually, I didn't watch it until today. All weekend. So,
1: well, it's like whenever I went for jury duty, they're like, "Oh, you have to be in this county," but the case was from Westmoreland County. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, "Oh, please let it be somebody I know, so I don't have to get picked." <laughs>
0: <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> How many people from Westmoreland County do you know? Your family? Okay. <laughs> somebody in my family was being tried for some case, I would tell you?
1: It was a workman's comp case. Oh. But somebody's like, wouldn't that what you want to? I was like, no, if I ever get, like, pulled, I have to do jury duty. It better be a murder case.
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: And somebody's like, why? And I was like, like, who cares? I was like, I guarantee you if it was a workman's comp case, I was like, I would not pay attention.
0: I don't know that I could do a murder case, because then you're typically, like... Sentence them to life in prison or death. I don't know if I could do that. I could. I'm also very easily swayed. Um, regardless, Tara's children are now being raised by Tara's sister. Um, and she also filed a wrongful death suit against Stephen. And they hold a walk every year um, to support... I think it was domestic violence. Did you say how old the kids were? I did not. I don't know how old they were. I'll see Mm. if it's... I
1: don't know if it was, like, if they were, like, when it happened, like, they weren't old enough to, like, understand what happened.
0: Um, I don't think they were that old. Um, because Tara's family said that they would let the kids listen to their father's confession when they were older. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's one of those when they ask when they're older like oh why is dad in jail yeah (laughs) well since you asked
0: yeah it says Tara's family decided that her children will be able to read the confession when they are adults Grant's sister was given authority against her estate and she is now raising the kids um alright do you know what you're covering for your next Freaky Friday I do not wow
1: Do you know what you're doing for your next one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know what I'm doing on May. What days? I have a couple planned out.
1: I have one planned out.
0: I know what I'm doing on July 14th and on May 19th. Why do I? Is May 19th
1: something about your birthday?
0: Yeah, it's actually the murder of myself. I'm whenever I was like, oh,
1: is it I was gonna say I was like, oh, is it for the concert? But I was like, that's August 19th. Never mind.
0: <laughs> Why do I have a couple of dates highlighted? Alright, well, until next time, you can find us on Instagram at in reference to podcast on Twitter at in reference
1: At gmail, you can send us <laughs> any true crime or paranormal <laughs> stories at in 2 podcast at gmail.com.
0: You can also listen to our episodes on YouTube um, if you would like. And then you can also help support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash in reference to. ta